When you're as old as we are, you remember a time before HD, before 1080p. Heck, a time before every television was in color. Even though many of the shows we grew up with debuted when our parents were kids themselves, due to reruns and syndication, they're some of our favorites as well. In this episode of the show, the new Marvel series, WandaVision, gives us a chance to get monochromatic with our memories of classic television. Don't touch that dial. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the table of destiny is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to take a trip way back? I'm always ready to take a trip way back. That's why the show is called Wayback Attack. <laughs> but you're right, this one is actually going a little further back than we normally do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's not every day I, that we talk about... Uh, about black and white content mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so that'll give our listeners and viewers a little idea of how far back we're going um but again inspired by something in the present mm-hmm. that's given us this nostalgic memory so um yeah like at the top of the show we mentioned i'm going to be talking about wandavision mm-hmm. and uh how those have inspired our memories of nick at night and classic black and white shows but before we get into wandavision wanted to ask what have you been up to lately and have you been enjoying any other fine uh, entertainment uh well i've i've definitely been catching up on some movies um the nice thing about uh Paige being in school is that um she tends to take like film classes she doesn't like movies uh but it's like a good chance for her to they count like as english classes and mm-hmm. lit classes and stuff and so it's a good chance for her to uh, be able to do that so that I can watch movies. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we've caught up. Uh, we watched, um, they had us watch, or they had her watch an episode of Twilight Zone. And so oh, nice. um, I added all the Twilight Zone episodes to my Plex server <laughs> and uh, and we, we watched it. And it was funny because it wasn't even really like a, like a, there was no twist. There was no weird thing. Huh. And so um, it was based off of uh, some poem that Walt Whitman wrote. <laughs> well, those, that guy. Android thing? I don't know. Something, I don't, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not a student enough of Twilight Zone to be able to, to pinpoint that one, but that's weird that they went with just kind of like a random episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was specifically tied to the that literature. Poem. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was cool. And then... That guy was just like looking to get out of teaching some class. <laughs> it was like old school, middle school, just put on a yeah. wheel out the cart. <laughs> I, I remember... It, it, I would have to assume it was history, but it may have been an English class that we watched, uh, like Schindler's List in school, uh-huh. and that was a crazy movie to watch in what, like seventh grade, probably oh, eighth grade, maybe. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, that. How about you? Have you been been doing anything fun? Uh, I have been doing some fun stuff, and but I'm. I hope this isn't going to be a repeat for most people, but because I'm going to talk about this on the bonus episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we have for our Patreon subscribers. But you and I, mm-hmm. we got to go to see a movie in a movie theater, and we went to see um, the John Carpenter 1982 classic 
of The Thing. Yes, that was such a good trip. Such a fun thing to do. We did that. And then also something I wanted to talk about on the bonus episode, but uh, is we've just started because they just started showing it on Hulu now, Mm -hmm. the television series Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a favorite of mine. But this is really cool because my kids are now of the age where it's it's okay. Slightly questionable for the youngest one, but it's okay to to, to show them this kind of stuff. And um, it's really cool uh, taking that trip down memory lane not only of watching a favorite show that's now what 20 years old almost but also of those you know 80s memories and stuff well let me ask you a question so when when you know you said questionable for the youngest one Uh do you all usually err on the side of well if it's okay for the oldest one the youngest one can watch it too or do you usually try to pick pick and choose we do try to pick and choose Uh, you know we're not naive in what the kids are exposed to yeah. <laughs> out in the world at school themselves. Cause I was a kid myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm like for, for freaks and geeks and especially I'm like, well, this aired on network television, so it can't be that bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of times we'll just give a primer be like, okay, there's going to be this. Mm-hmm. Let's just breeze past it. <laughs> move on. I, I usually go, Oh, it was so tough. So when, when we watched Logan, um, me and the kids i was like okay i know you know we talked about it on the show mm-hmm. i know it's violent uh i usually think okay well my my kids are only two years apart in age and so they do a lot of stuff together right mm-hmm. and they they experience a lot of things together like on the way on the way here tonight uh they were talking about stuff and i was just thinking like oh how like me and all my siblings like my youngest brother's 20 years younger than me and my uh, my youngest sister is only like seven years younger than me, uh-huh. but that's like my closest, the seven yeah. years. Like it, like it typically it's around that seven uh, for like my next sister. And then my oldest sister is like 20 years older than me. Right. And so um, like you, you have bonds, but like two years is a much closer bond. Oh yeah. Right. Cause like they're like best friends mm-hmm. and it was funny. Like on the way home, I was like, Oh, you know, they're, they're sharing all these experiences together. Like they have all these inside jokes with each other. And so usually when I go, uh, can they, I, like I always think, can they watch it? And then I figure, well, you know, the youngest one didn't like nightmare on Elm street. Like she had, she had nightmares from it, but she has her older sister there to help her out with that. Uh-huh. When that happens. They'll, so, they'll have that shared memory. Yeah. I've never like, because they're so close in age, you know, I know when I was a kid and I would have nightmares, I always went to my parents' room, right? But that's never happened with me mm-hmm. because they 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 like sharing a room. Last and, night, so. last night we had some thunderstorms here, mm-hmm. yep. and um, uh, my daughters both were woken up, and they both went to each other and not to us. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was really cool that the youngest would go uh, seek out her older sister. Yeah, but yeah. So um, the what's cool about this show tonight mm-hmm. is that it also it was able to involve my family. So we're speaking of family mm-hmm. because with these old timey shows, I realized that I had this collective memory um, that I shared with a lot of people our age. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I showed them WandaVision, mm-hmm. I realized I was like, oh, my gosh, I have not exposed my children to black and white television, mm-hmm. classic, t- like true classic TV other right. than a handful of times. And so I almost had to give them a reference point mm-hmm. to enjoy this modern uh, Disney Plus show of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'd like to talk about tonight. Um, and I hope that some of you guys watching or listening 
have had a chance to check out WandaVision. We won't be giving away many spoilers or anything, but um, it did have some overlap to some stuff that we can talk about, and that's what I'm excited yeah. to do so. Uh, you know, when you showed it to your kids, I think on Twitter you, you talked about how did, did they didn't really appreciate it for what it was, right? <laughs> no, uh, because... Well, what, we did try to watch... Uh, we did try to watch the, I forget what they're called, Marvel Legends or... Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. They Disney Plus put out these little short episodes to kind of give you a refresher about the characters right. mm-hmm. and maybe some of their history. But even so, they were still just like, well, how does this play into anything? And so when you start to the episode of, of WandaVision, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. It, it was funny because I was doing something down here. And and Paige was doing homework over there where you're sitting, and we heard the TV come on, and they were watching Wandavision by themselves, and I was like, oh man, and she was like, oh, did you want to watch it with them? And I was like, well, I didn't really have plans to watch it with them, but I wanted to watch it, and so like you know we've watched all the Marvel stuff together, so it makes sense. But um, so I asked them like when they got done with the second second episode, yeah, and. You know, I was like, well, what do you think? You know, and I was like, do you like it? And they're like, yeah, we like it a lot. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, well, what's what's your favorite part? And they're like, oh, you know, that she they're gonna have babies. <laughs> I was just like, okay, like because they, I don't think they have, any, I don't think they've ever seen a black and white TV show, like unless it's something modern that is like doing a black and white right. thing. Right. And so, you know, they have zero reference for that. But they they seem to like it. They didn't really have any good explanation for why. But. <laughs> Well, before we go any further, do we have the the trailer? Yes. Let, let's let's dive into that to give our folks a refresher before we get even deeper. Wanda and Vision. We are an unusual couple, you know. We don't have an anniversary, huh? Or a song, or even wedding rings. Well, we could remedy that. And they lived happily ever after. Westview is our home now. I want us to fit in. We shall. Wanda, have you gotten bigger? Life moves pretty fast out in the suburbs. Hiya, kids. Auntie Agnes is here, and I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. Uh, let's just take it from the top. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. I think something's wrong here. We just don't know what to expect. I do want to start off with saying something. Okay. I I have been saying for the past several episodes, I think, I feel like it's been the past couple episodes, that... This was supposed to come out after the Doctor Strange movie, but that's not the case. Okay, this so was always supposed. This to be was that. always supposed to come out before. I watched a thing today about it. So. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah. All right. So if you are not into this and you're not really sure what WandaVision is, basically, I'm not going to spoil much beyond what's in the trailer. But you can see it's the Scarlet Witch, played by uh, Elizabeth. What's her last name? Uh, Olsen. Olsen. One of the Olsen twins and sisters. Yeah. So uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And um, Vision, uh, played by... Why did I do this to myself? Is she an Olsen sister? Yeah. You didn't know that? Like Mary-Kate and Ashley? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> you learned something She doesn't look anything day. like them. <laughs> 
Paul Bettany. There we go. All right, Vision played by Paul Bettany. So uh, it's a show about Scarlet Witch, Wanda, and uh, Vision. And as you can see, they're in some sort of sitcom-esque universe. Mm -hmm. And what you don't necessarily see, you see it in the trailer, but you don't necessarily see how it's structured, is each episode of the series is styled like a different classic television show. And what happens in the series is there are obviously some shenanigans going on. You're not quite sure what's happening. So it's almost like watching a standalone sitcom episode every mm -hmm. show, but there's a little bit of mystery and a little bit of revelation every show. It's it's really intriguing. It's a really cool style. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that you would expect from a you know a typical superhero movie or show. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Um, the thing that I, I I guess I should have looked up, or unless you know how many episodes are going to be in the season, I have no idea. No. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how far they go, um, and like, is it going to end with like young Sheldon or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever, whatever's on current sitcoms today. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's what, where like the big change happens or mm -hmm. something like that. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's cool that part of the aesthetic, cause I don't think you get it in the trailer. Um, especially if you're not listening to it or if you're listening to it, but the shows are in four by three. And then when something happens, outside of the show it switches to 16 by 9 mm -hmm. and it's like a gradual like thing that happens so i think that's really cool and there's tons of speculation about stuff yeah. like on online about this stuff so this show isn't going to be about wandavision but the first three episodes of wandavision have been out and they are styled differently like i mentioned before and they really started me thinking about the the tv shows we grew up with that were our parents tv shows a lot of them which were in black and white because the first episode is styled like the dick van dyke show mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I, I i saw it as like a mixture between dick van dyke and um i love lucy i felt like there okay. was like some some of that in it yeah like a a home family dynamic like a couple show kind mm -hmm. of thing and then the next one is obviously a take on bewitched yep and then the third one that's out so far is uh, a take off of like 70s TV. So like Brady Bunch, Partridge mm -hmm. Family. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think anyway, I could be wrong. Someone could school me. I'm not a huge, uh, a huge student of this stuff, but. I, I felt like the intro was more Partridge Family than Brady Bunch. Okay. But I never watched Partridge Family. <laughs> and, uh, you, you, you and I were talking about this not too long ago where. I was like, man, it'd be awesome because the Partridge family was, we talked about this before this last episode and the Partridge family was a musical show. And I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome if they did like a musical episode, like it's the monkeys or something mm -hmm. like that. And they didn't do it in the last one. And based off the trailer, I'm pretty sure they're probably not going to wind up doing it at all. But, um, I think it'd be cool, man. Like, you know, there's other shows that have like crazy, uh, things in it like there's that episode of Angel where Angel gets turned into a puppet and um, uh, what's that guy that did those shows Buffy and Serenity and Ryan no, no. it's the Guardians of the oh Joss Whedon yes Joss Whedon so he you know he loves musicals and so he would do that a lot where he would have 
there was a Buffy episode where they all got taken over by a spell where they all sang the whole show and stuff like that. So it'd be neat if like they, they did something like that in this. Yeah, very cool. I, I would be down with it. Uh, we got speculation that the next one will be Full House. I think it's going to be Family Ties first. I think we've got to go more 80s, like well, early the, 80s. I think if, if they did that, it would be... Um, it would be like the Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy or Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. Right, like, like it would be, mix. yeah, it would be like that time. Like it would be TGIF, right? Yeah. And so. It's pretty cool because you can, like you said, it's an amalgamation of some stuff. So like the stairs that they have going down, you're like, oh, those are the Brady Bunch yeah. stairs. Mm-hmm. But then it's not exactly laid out like a Brady Bunch house. Right. And anyway, it's really, really cool. But like I talked about earlier, it made me realize that I have not exposed my kids to the shows that we grew up with. And I realized, yes, I saw a lot of things on syndication, some classic TV that was shown, you know, after school or on Sunday afternoons or something where there really wasn't else. They just stuck something <laughs> in, in reruns. But most of my exposure came from Nick at Night. Hello out there from TV land, a beautiful place to be. Nick at night, better living through good TV. If your boss... Well, there are actually more you could play. But... Oh, you want... Uh, oh, I mean, no, it's maybe, fine. Maybe I'll sprinkle them out throughout the episode. <laughs> it's like 10 second little buffers. Uh, yeah, so I don't... I can't think of my original exposure to Nick at night. Mm-hmm. But I do actually have some facts for you. And uh, before I dive into that, I want to give a plug for a book. I, I try to read books regularly. This is a book. Ooh, there's a glare there. Uh, this is a book called Slimed. It is the oral history of Nickelodeon's Golden Age. This is the fifth anniversary hardback edition. Um, this doesn't actually talk about <laughs> Nick at Night so far. I'm only halfway through. But, um, you know, this is, Nickelodeon was the network that aired Nick at Night. And if you're, you know, our age, mm-hmm. you have a lot of nostalgia for for Nickelodeon. So it's really, really cool to read the oral history of the people who lived it from the earliest years of its inception, which incidentally, Nickelodeon was first tested in Columbus, Ohio in 1977 before it went um, and launched in 1979. Um, but this book the one thing I would say it's a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. is that there's so many people that they interview and there's there's not too much segmentation. So it's not like it's not like here's salute your shorts talk. Right. Here's Pete and Pete talk. It's kind of thematic, but they have so many people that they interviewed that like I constantly am having to look back at like who are these people? Because it's, you know, producers and, and people that are are more than just the, the stars of the show. But I highly recommend this book. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Really cool. Check that out. They got the colors backwards. It should have been a yellow book with green slime. I know. I think there may have been, like, no, 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 because Nickelodeon was a yellow splat. as an orange splat. Oh, uh, well, orange book, green slime. Well, I, <laughs> I think you get the gist. <laughs> anyway, back to Nick at Night. So I mentioned that... Nickelodeon itself launched in 1979. Right. But Nick at Night didn't launch until 1985. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those of you who don't or just like have flashes of memory of Nick at Night, it was a 
basically after their original programming, the primetime shows aired, then they'd get stuck with like just these leftover things. They're like, we need to fill some time. This right. is a 24 hour cable channel. Mm-hmm. What do we got? And they had the idea for it because the, they were given the opportunity to have 200 episodes of, I think it was the Donna Reed show. Mm-hmm. So uh, it launched 35 years ago. It ran 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. seven days a week. And listen to this lineup. This is the first lineup of Nick at Night. Okay. You got the Donna Reed Show, mm-hmm. Dennis the Menace, My Three Sons, something called Turkey Television, mm-hmm. uh, something called Route 66, mm-hmm. and then they had a Nick at Night movie. I, f- I feel like those things that we don't know what they are is probably something Canadian. You think? Yeah, because back then, so much stuff on Nickelodeon was Canadian stuff. Mm, right, so, yeah. You can't do that on television. was mm-hmm. Canadian. Uh, there was some other shows that I forget the name of. But, yeah. And, you know, they're they're just looking for, for content, mm-hmm. basically. So what was interesting to me is that they the, – the timeline of this stuff is pretty cool. So Nickelodeon was commercial-free mm-hmm. originally mm-hmm. when they launched in 79 until 84 – and then 85, they were, like, able to monetize more because of Nick at Night. Right. And then 86 is when they sold the Paramount and Viacom and, and all that stuff. And they kind of, like, that was the, the, the launch point. And I'm wondering if maybe the, the formula of them finding Nick at Night was, like, the linchpin of, like, all right, we got this. Mm-hmm. We're a fully-fledged network. Let's go. You don't You don't remember when you started watching Nick at Night? No. It was just, like on (laughs) yeah so i specifically remember um when so my dad is a retired police captain and he um he used to work details at night so he would work his his day shift at night he would work details which are like a company hires police to do something right and so like security for something or something like that and so i would stay up all night long and and watch nick at night and sometimes I'd fall asleep on the couch, but most of the time I'd stay up until he got home like at six or seven in the morning um, because he would basically work 16 hour days, come home, go to sleep, get up, go to work. And except for on the weekends or whatever, or whatever days he was off, but I would stay up all night and he'd be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm training to be a police officer. <laughs> and so, uh, so I would stay up all night and I do remember tons of Donna Reed. Um, there's some other shows that we're going to talk about later on tonight, but um, you know, like uh, Car 54 RU was a big one, like like, and so I, you know, and th- this happened over the course of a couple of years and of, of me doing this. So like, I absorbed so much of these shows and like this time period that I I would have never never ever watched. And you know, back then TV was so so like sparse and sporadic right Mm -hmm. like there was at that time of night there was usually not anything good on and so um and you know even even back in that time point some stations would turn off you know and like they would shut down for the night and so like to have something on that was entertaining that entire time was super important for me well i'll say entertaining a little loosely because i do remember sometimes putting on nick at night and falling asleep to it because Mm -hmm. it was not interesting to me at all. <laughs> mm. uh, Dobie Gillis, or sorry, uh, My Three Sons was not interesting. Leave it to Beaver was too cheesy. And it's funny now um, because in prepping for the show, I showed my kids some of these episodes of the classic television. And what I, a feeling I had, and I could be wrong in this, is that 
you know, when we watched this, granted it wasn't that it wasn't that old, but because it was black and white, it and it, it felt so out of touch from modern times mm-hmm. that it just seemed it felt dated, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But now we're so far removed from it. When you watch an episode of I Love Lucy, it feels timeless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, yes, it's dated, but it's like watching The Wizard of Oz or something, where right. it's just like you can get immersed in this, and it's funny regardless of how old it is. It's just, it's just good comedy. It's good television, and um, it's interesting to see those different shows hit those high points across the years. But oh, before we go any further, did you? Uh huh. You hear that TV laugh track? We got a game, Brian. I got a game for you. All right. Listener, see if you can follow along with this. All right, I gave you the I gave you the original lineup mm-hmm. of Nick at Night, but as the years progress, the lineup changes, and it gets refreshed with new content, newer shows, and um, heck, a lot of the, we'll, we'll talk now about their current lineup in a second. But I wanted to give you a list of shows, and there are two that I'm listing in here that are not or have never been aired on Nick at Night. Okay. All right? And some of these that have been aired, I think you'll find surprising. So I'm going to list several TV shows. We can stop if you want to as we go. Okay. um, Or we could just review it after the end. Which two have never aired on Nick at Night? Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. The Munsters. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ed. Mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Growing Pains. Mm Mm-hmm. SCTV, okay. American Gladiators, mm-hmm. that '70s show, mm-hmm. Webster, and The Office. Okay, so that's a very a wide variety of shows mm-hmm. here. We got some pretty modern ones like with The Office and that '70s shows, uh, some sketch comedy, yeah, some cartoons. What do you think? So I know one one of the things that that. Uh, my friends and I used to do to be like, Hey, you want to feel old? This is on Nick at night now. Uh (laughs) And so like, I remember when Cosby got on Nick at night and being like, geez, how's that on Nick at night? Right. Um, so, you know, something like the office wouldn't actually surprise me. Um, other than I could just see, I think NBC owns the office. I feel like they do because it's on Peacock now. So I feel like they would be too, too protective of it but i'm not gonna say the office all right i'm going to go with saturday night live because i feel like oh no that's not true because i do i remember watching uh that's how i got introduced to like bill murray and like that whole crew was uh like the only time i ever would have seen well i'm this is what i seem to recall the only time i remember what was um belushi's thing the samurai guy that like cut everything um the only time I feel like I saw that would have been on Nick at Night. So I'm so, not going to say that. I'm uh, not going to say that. All right. Good call. Okay. Surprisingly, that one actually did air mm-hmm. on Nick at Night. Although my memories of Saturday Night Live and my real exposure to Saturday Night Live was Comedy Central reruns mm-hmm. that just aired constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you're doing – you're down the right okay. track. What else? All right. Uh, so I'm going to for sure say, because this was going to be my other pick, but I'm I'm sticking with this one. American Gladiators. I do not think that that has ever been on Nick at Night. 
Excellent. Correct. Right. That right. is one of the two that was never aired on Nick at Night. No right. American Gladiators. So that seemed that seems like I love American Gladiators. Uh, you know, growing up, but it seems like a show that would not be. Um, well, I don't know because I feel like they eventually. <laughs> well, I I think there's a little bit of a pedigree to the shows they have. I mean, it's questionable. Hey, but I think there's some classic television. I don't know. Double Dare has been on Nick at Night before. So <laughs> what is American Gladiators if not if not adult Double Dare? Okay. <laughs> so Okay. All right. Um, so the other one, hmm. I know Looney Tunes was, Munsters, I know Mr. Ed was. Gosh, at this point, I feel like Growing Pains, that 70s show, and Webster are my three. And I'm gonna have to say that 70s show is the other one that was oh, never on. So close. Oh. You got it down to your three. The answer was Webster. Oh, man. Was not actually on Nick at Night. Growing Pains, too classic. Yes, mm-hmm. they got that one. Mm-hmm. Although I missed when it aired because of the time shift and being an adult and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember watching it on Nick at Night, but that one did air. I was surprised to learn in this research that Looney Tunes aired at Nick at Night. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I feel but like I just it was never, early on. I just never associated uh, cartoons mm-hmm. with Nick at Night. Yeah. Well, the thing with Looney Tunes is they were made for adults, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, I, f- I feel like it, that was fairly early on in, in Nick at Night's runnings, like probably towards the 89 or something like that. All right. So you want to feel old? Yes. All right. So here are the shows that are currently airing on Nick at Night. I just looked today on Nickelodeon's schedule. There's some show called Mom. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it? It's airing? Is it, it it might be like an original show because I know they do that sometimes. I don't know. Uh, And then this one baffles me, Young Sheldon, which is a new show. I feel like that's still on the air. It's still on the air. But I I mean, I guess I know that they have, uh, it's under the CBS Viacom Mm, banner. mm, They're really pushing Young Sheldon. I think they're really pushing Young Sheldon and they're like trying to classify it because it's, it takes back place in the past oh so it's like of the era but that that's that's neither here nor there oh. all right the meat of the matter the, the chat says mom is still on the air too on cbs uh they're just trying to bust bolster those numbers the, here's the meat of the matter these two f- these two shows are currently on nick at night full house mm-hmm. not too surprised because no. mm-hmm. that's of the 80s mm-hmm. friends yeah friends is on and here's where you're really going to feel old all right, do you remember how dated those shows we grew up watching felt when they were on the air? Yeah, like when we no no when we were wa- when we were watching Nick at Night when we were oh, kids. Oh yes, uh huh. Those Nick at Night shows, those black and white shows, were like ancient. Mm-hmm. All right, so I did a little math here. Uh, My Three Sons, which was one of the original programming's uh, shows, mm-hmm. aired originally in 1960. Dennis the Menace aired originally in 1959 okay so 30 those are uh no those are 20 26 and 25 years okay old when they aired friends is now 26 years old Mm. so the kids watching nick at night today and seeing friends it's like they're watching a show as old as dennis the menace and my three sons were when we were kids that's crazy (laughs) that's nuts I mean, but I feel like Friends is a good, I think, I feel like Friends is a perfect show for Nick at Night because a lot of those shows on Nick at Night captured whatever time period they were very mm-hmm. well. Um, and I think Friends is one of those shows. Well, and right? Friends is a, 
hands down, Friends is one of the best shows ever made, and it is so rewatchable. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. So I, even though it makes me feel old, I do give two thumbs up for Nick and Knight showing um, Friends. But we're not talking about modern showings. We're not talking about modern TV shows. We're talking about the old stuff, what we grew up with, our favorites. Brian and I have several picks that we picked out. We earmarked as our favorite mm-hmm. Nick at Night shows. Uh, our favorite Nick at Night picks. Brian's going to go first. What do you got? All right. Well, this was a show that I I really liked when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it introduced me to the thinker. Thinker? The thinking man? The thinker, right? That's what it's called. What? Oh, Rodan. Yeah. yeah. The thinker. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, get ready to, <laughs> to check it out. Nickelodeon makes the shift to Nick at night. Make the scene with Dobie Gillis. The cat's a typical teen with a typical dad. Dig? And if I'm going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable. And Mrs. G is like sentimental. I told you yesterday that I wanted you to keep Dobie out of here. Mr. Kills, I'm like confused. He's your son. He lives here. It's kind of a family thing. I gotta kill that boy. I just gotta. That's the Dobie Gillis thing. Weeknights at 8, 7 Central or Nick at Night. Please school me on Dobie Gillis. I don't remember the show. Oh, really? I love this show. I mean, I knew, I know the title. Uh huh. I couldn't tell you any, anything about it. Uh, so, Dobie Gillis is basically like that time period saved by the bell. Right. Oh, okay. So, you know, you have Dobie Gillis, who is he would break the fourth wall, um, not usually not during the show. Like he would usually start off the show like at, I want to say like at a fountain or something. But somewhere that the thinker was somewhere involved in all this. And um, but anyways, he would like be talking about stuff like, oh, this is what's going on in my life. And da da And it's, you know, like they said in that commercial, like he was like a teen, like your classic teenage uh-huh. kid. And this show was about like the stuff that's going on in his life. So um, the crazy thing about this show is to me, I, I don't remember the actual title of it because I always just called it Adobe, Adobe Gillis. And I think that's because Nick at Night typically just called it Adobe Gillis. So, like, uh, the actual name of the show is The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh. And so, because um, he was, every episode, like, there was, like, some new girl at school or whatever that, that he had a thing for. So, um, Take her out to the malt shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it was starring Dwayne Hickman, um, and it aired on CBS from September 29th, 1959 to June 5th, 1963. Uh, and the thing that made um, Dobie Gillis really cool of a show was... You know, and the tail end of the 50s going into the beginning of the 60s, right? And there was a time shift during that, or not a time shift, but there is a shift in culture in, in America during that time, right? And, you know, going into the 60s, like the 60s were crazy. Like if you, you know, if you think of the 50s, how buttoned up that was. And like this show in, like encapsulated that, right? Mm. And um, this was actually the first show that, uh, or the first American television program that was on a major network that featured teenagers as the main characters. Uh, before this, you had, you know, like My Three Sons and stuff like that, where there were in, teenagers in it, but they were always like, it was always the They're family part life. of the nuclear family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this was the first one where, you know, you had that. Um, Dobie's best friend, um, he was like the comic relief, basically. You know, he's, he kind of looks like Shaggy. 
and he was like a beatnik and like like there's a really great uh, i was looking at trailers and stuff and there's a part where he's like he's growing his goatee he's like it's like a beard man <laughs> so like like you were the show featured like a lot of beatnik culture and just like outsider culture and stuff and so wow. it was, it was that cool, was new and fresh at the time yeah it was awesome that's really and as a kid like the cool thing about that show was like I wasn't familiar with that culture at all, you know, like, as, you know, I was what, like 10 when mm-hmm. I was watching this show. And so, you know, I, I think, I think it, it was a cool way to like see that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was teenage, teenage life was close enough to 10. Like I related with it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, man, Dobie Gillis was awesome. Did it end with him like going to Vietnam or something awful? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the realism's like, <laughs> too much. <laughs> I feel. I mean, I guess there were probably shows during that time period that had bummer endings like that, but I really feel like those kind of endings didn't start happening until the 80s. <laughs> yeah. You know, like early 90s, like dinosaurs, the last episode, the meteor hits and everyone dies. Yeah, and, and when that. those kids who grew up during Dobie Gillis' time and, yeah. and went to Vietnam were like, yeah. screw it, this, let's deal with some reality here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Is it airing anywhere? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Um, the... I bet you can just watch it all on YouTube. I bet, like yeah. all those shows. I, That's one that, um, you know, so many of these legacy shows are super iconic. But I feel like that one is not really like you picked one that's kind of <laughs> random. I mean, that one's not in the pantheon of like if you're gonna list the top twenty classic television right. shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Dobie Gillis is gonna be like in someone's immediate thought. So uh, that was a, kind of a deep cut. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's also interesting because the um, the show was uh, oh, I don't know. Never mind. It's 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 something different. Like it's funny because Dobie Dobie Gillis. I feel like in the trailer he had um, brown hair. But I feel like there's parts where he has blonde hair in the show and brown hair and, and that kind of thing. So I don't know if he was dying his hair. I I should go back and watch the show. You like, go watch- I don't, the only thing I remember about it is from being a kid and loving well, it. Well, I'm so. going to go check back and see how much it relates to uh, to Zach Morris now. I'm really intrigued to see if this has some carryover to Say by the Bell, like you said. Oh, it, it has. Like, like I mean, it is, it is basically the same thing. Like, sure... Zach Morris was much younger. Mm-hmm. Like you saw their lot, like those kids, you saw them grow up on TV. Yeah. Uh, whereas this was only on the air for like five years, but uh, you know, um, it's a, it's a cool thing to, to see. Well, for as deep a cut as yours is, <laughs> mine is the most obvious pick there is. <laughs> So credit where credit is due, other than general feelings and some commentary about I Love Lucy, mm. everything I'm going to talk to you about right now, <laughs> I learned from a podcast that I just happened to listen to this week. It's a Planet Money podcast, and it's about how Desi Arnaz mm. invented television as we know it. Huh. And it all originated from I Love Lucy. So I Love Lucy, for a little history from you guys, it it aired in 1951 so it is a really really old television show mm-hmm. um you know i mentioned earlier one of the f- the other debut nick at night shows uh 59 was when dennis the menace aired so this is years before that almost a decade before that 
It ran six seasons until 1957 for a total of 180 episodes. Now, Desi Arnaz is responsible for TV as we know it because before I Love Lucy, none of these things existed. A three-camera sitcom setup, Mm -hmm. a live audience, Mm -hmm. reruns to fill time, uh, especially this was the case they needed to when Lucy was actually pregnant and she delivered a child. They had to fill some time in. And then recognizing that the show itself is valuable, you know, beyond just the single airing. So with the reruns, that was one time, but then able to to keep the film Mm -hmm. and run it into syndication and be able to sell that to other channels and other networks for them to run whenever they wanted to. So it's a, they're saying that Desi Arnaz was basically the first mogul. Wow. It, It, you know, I feel like that show also, like on top of all that stuff, was groundbreaking in terms of like the comedy and stuff that was on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a reason that I love Lucy is as iconic as it is. Like that people, so many people love that show. Oh my gosh, watching one of the episodes now, it it's st- you know other than some gender stereotypes, it still really holds up. The comedy holds up. The dynamic between the two really holds up. How expressive Lucille Ball mm-hmm. is. Um, she's a f- no wonder she was a, a huge, huge star because she was just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, groundbreaking television, he was a, a Cuban immigrant mm-hmm. with an accent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, they made that work. And you didn't, I mean, seeing immigrants on TV, you didn't see that other than racist stereotypes. Yeah. And uh, Ground Apple says that it was also the first show with a married couple sharing a bed. I will say... <laughs> That they had the right idea, uh-huh. not like not not Lucy and Desi, but back in the day, people having different beds. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my grandfather had two beds in his bedroom, and then my grandmother had one big queen bed. Right, and man, I couldn't imagine how great life was back then <laughs> to be able to have your own bed. Like his were just like twins or whatever, but like. Oh man, that's like that's why I have a king size bed now because when I'm laying in bed and you know I have two dogs and you know like so me Paige I mean they're small dogs like a chihuahua and a rat terrier right but I just feel like everyone's all over me and like I I don't want to move because I'm gonna wake somebody up and like man I couldn't imagine just having my own bed that's amazing uh yeah the I don't remember them being the first but that's pretty cool <laughs> but I do remember a lot of the old shows having the the two separate mm-hmm. beds so weird um so back to some facts about i love lucy the the episode where lucy goes to the hospital Mm -hmm. um she was it was pretty interesting she was really pregnant which was them showing someone really pregnant on tv was and talking about it Mm -hmm. was revolutionary at the time um and they weren't even allowed to say pregnant they had to say expecting hmm um, but that episode where she delivered and had the baby was the highest rated episode ever broadcast on TV at the time. 71% of Americans with a television set were watching that. That is crazy. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, like, not even the Super Bowl pulls in numbers like that. You no. Because it wasn't just 71. It was 71.7. So basically 72% <laughs> of, of households. But also you have to think, how many households had TVs at the time? Yeah. Uh, still, I mean. And there's like two channels. 
<laughs> that's probably why it was 70%. There's only so much entertainment out there. At e- but it was it was really cool. Um, this is available currently on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check that out. That's where I watch it. One of the most iconic episodes, season two, I think, they go to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's the one where the can- the Lucy chocolate. and Ethel, they have the chocolates mm-hmm. and stuff. It's still so good. I like the episode with the veg- Vita Vegemite of Venom and yes. whatever. Uh, but outside of that, I hate I Love Lucy. <laughs> really? I do. I don't know what it is. I've I've never I've never liked it. It always creeped me out. I'll, I will say it always creeped me out with how old, um, the Fred uh-huh, was. Uh-huh. That guy was ancient. Yeah, and Ethel was his wife's name, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and she was. She I was looked it up. Her. That dude was born. It, uh, in the 1880s. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how old. He, and and then there's a 20 year difference between uh, him and Vivian Vance, mm. who played Ethel, his wife. So that guy, I think, was like 70 years old on I Love Lucy, and Ethel was 50. But I was like, this guy's ancient. That's hilarious. So well, you know, a lot of couples 20 years apart. That's not that uncommon. <laughs> I guess back then it probably was even less uncommon. I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, um, you know, I know I said I hate I hate it. I love Lucy. But this next show is something that you and I both chose uh, for this. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of love for this show in this room. Dick York. Dick Sargent. There's no love lost between these two. I'll get rid of him so fast it'll make his head spin. That's crazy. Tune in when they settle the score once and for all as Nick at Night presents Dueling Terrence, a week-long marathon that brings the color episodes of Bewitched to Nick at Night and gives you the chance to call in toll-free and vote for your favorite Terran. Don't miss it. All next week starting at 8.30, 7.30 Central, only on Nick at Night. How'd you like a bust in the bazoo? Have you flipped what's gotten into you? That's a great promo, dude. <laughs> I I chose that promo because uh, I remember it, but then also, I man, what a great time! All the nine hundred numbers to call and like <laughs> vote for things. Um, I'm only sad that you didn't <laughs> intro this segment by saying, "Let's push the beds together and share the love for Bewitched." Yeah, it's it's funny though because they made a point to point that out in WandaVision. So since we were talking about WandaVision earlier, the second episode they start off in their own two beds and then they merge them together. Oh, so, right, right. Um All right, Bewitched. No, this is the reason I want to talk about this one is because WandaVision was the it had so many similarities to the yes. Bewitched, mm-hmm. especially the second episode. Mm-hmm. But even when, in the first one there's like there's there's things to it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Samantha in the in in the series bewitched so go ahead this is your show okay so bewitched this is a show that aired on abc um from september 17th 64 to march 25th 72 uh you know obviously you saw in in the uh trailer how there are two different darren's and do you know why there's two different Darrens? No. I did not know this at the time, but I, I learned it today. Uh, and um, apparently uh, Dick York, was his, hail, his health was failing, and so they replaced him with Dick Sargent. Just to... Do you think when the casting call went out, they required that the guy's <laughs> name would be Dick? <laughs> we need another wretched. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's just a super common name for that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But I always thought it was strange because I – you know as a kid you make weird associations with things mm-hmm. and i think i always just like there's they're obviously different people like they both play that character similarly but they are different like 
different takes on that character. Um, but I think I always just assumed that like, like that was just like part of the thing that his name was just Dick just because the other guy's name was Dick. Like, yeah. I don't think I ever assumed that those were their real names. <laughs> so, um, I but about that. this this show, you know, we talked about how popular that uh, I Love Lucy was. This show was actually it it was so popular it finished its second as the second rated show in America during its debut season. Mm. So incredibly popular off the bat. Um, you know, I think a lot of that is just because so much there were so many practical effects in the show that weren't happening on TV at the time. You know, and so it was such a fresh take. You know, you take the the happy home and then what do you like you add magic to the mix and mm-hmm. like what kind of wackiness ensues from that you know um i have false memories was this show ever black and white yes okay yeah because everything i found now is the color version mm. yeah well that trailer was was when they started showing all the color ones on nick at night so when it started off it was black and white and then during its run it, it okay. transitioned to color so crackle is showing free episodes of Bewitched, but they're only showing season four and five mm. and they're those are both in color mm-hmm. and then everything i looked at was commercials like that with the color imagery i was like mm-hmm. i'm having false memories because i <laughs> swore this show was in black and white no it, it, it's to, it was totally okay. both both ways and it, it was probably season four was probably when it went to color mm-hmm. <clears throat> so did they change it with the with the new uh actor no, because they were both they were both in color okay yeah i think i think his last season oh so maybe Hmm, I wonder, I don't think I put, uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I, I don't, I ha, I don't have the part where it talked about him getting sick, but I, I, I that must've been season four and that's just when they did the swap. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably not very many Dick York colored episodes. Um, but you know, it was second rated in the show during his first season. And then, um, it stayed in the, in the top 10 for the first three seasons. And then, uh, it ranked 11th place for uh four and five and they still syndicate this show uh across the world today like really? that, yeah that's how popular i haven't seen show this is. one in syndication like on a tv show mm. in a long time but no it is it is a classic it's an all-time i think it's all-time top 10 mm. as far as classic tv yes yeah and you know not you know in the 90s a lot of stuff was getting like the movie reboot treatment where they were taking TV, TV, old TV shows and making movie remakes of them. And have you ever seen the movie for this? I had forgotten that it existed until you just oh, said really? that. Oh, really? Because you had Will Ferrell as, as... Oh, my gosh. Will Ferrell was in that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. And then yeah. and then uh, wow. Nicole Kidman was Samantha. Oh, my gosh. So, I got to watch that. And not only that, but so today, either today or yesterday, Funko announced... Bewitched Pops. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And they looked really cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man. I I'm not a Funko guy. But... I don't want to buy Pops, but that's Samantha, man. Like when I was a kid, I had the biggest crush on Samantha. And I was like, man, one day I hope I She's marry smoking, a witch. man. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you like this show too. Yeah. It's a winner. And like I said, you can watch at least the last two episodes, the last two seasons on, on Crackle. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Did Were you a big fan of I Dream of Genie? It was okay. Yeah. Uh, Bewitched was so much better. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, obviously, I Dream of Genie, they were just trying to take the ball and run with it because of how popular the show was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a fine show. I, I thought it was cool that the guy was an astronaut or whatever. Yeah, but, that's very 60s. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's funny, too, because, like, you know, this show, the uh, something that people talk, talked about was something where they were saying, you know, a lot of these shows, you don't really see what work was like. You know, it's it's more the show is about the family and about the home, mm-hmm. right? 
And one of the cool things I thought about this was that Darren was a, a, an ad guy, and a lot of the show took place at work. You know, like like Darren would be at work, and you know, Larry Tate, right? That's his boss's name, right? Yes, that he sounds would, familiar. He would he would like be like, oh, you know, Darren, we need to do this, and he'd have a chart next to his desk, and you know, stuff like that. And so I thought it was cool to be like, oh, that's what job that's what jobs are like, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I I give them a lot of credit for uh, for being able to add that aspect to the uh to the show so all right well speaking of witches let's go with something a little bit darker all right wait 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 oh my my bad <laughs> that's not the right thing oh there we go The Munsters, if you didn't recognize listening to that theme song. That was The Munsters and, of course, uh, Rob Zombie's Dragula <laughs> before that, inspired by The Munsters. So this one is an all-time classic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm only sharing this with you because you're my friend, but mm-hmm. between the Adams Family and The Munsters, I'm Team Munsters. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, all right. I didn't, I didn't know if we'd have to duke it out, <laughs> so I'm glad you're on my side with this. Uh, the Munsters, it ran from 1964 to 1966. Only two seasons, if you can believe that. 70 episodes. I was shocked, shocked, shocked to learn that this was originally planned to be filmed in color. Hmm. But they decided to, one, save money, uh, about $10,000 in that period's uh, money, mm-hmm. to not shoot in color. And also to to help bridge that aesthetic that people were already familiar with from Universal Monsters. Yeah. So I I think it's a smart choice, mm-hmm. although um, it may have been a little weird at the time when everything was in color and this one wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also think, obviously, this show is inspired by uh, the Addams Family, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think... Wait, no. Addams Family oh. came a, a one week later. Okay. Well... Someone espionage. Uh, yeah, that was super spy stuff. <laughs> but there, I, I, I've always felt like, uh, man, that's so crazy that, that that they were like that because to me, Adam's family was always so serious, whereas the Munsters was fun, mm-hmm. and so that's why I always liked the Munsters. This more. was like this generation's Armageddon and Deep Impact. Oh, so what? What are? Oh, what are you? You like Armageddon or Deep Impact? I'm an Armageddon guy. Really? So I, when Deep Impact and when those movies first came out, it was Deep Impact all day. And then, but as I got older, I'll, I started to appreciate Armageddon more. <laughs> I liked them both. I liked Elijah Wood, so mm. I liked them both, but I, I would have to go Armageddon. And if we're comparing, <laughs> you know, the similar thing here, Adam's Family, I loved it. It's good. Mm-hmm. I love the, the 90s movie. I think the 90s movie is genius. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, everything they've tried to replicate with Munsters is horrible. 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird. I forget. Mockingbird. Mockingbird Lane. 
Um, any of the reboots, they're all horrible. Did, did you did you watch the reboot? The, yes. the, the, the I guess it was on Fox. Brad Garrett was the star. Uh, they they were all in it at some restaurant. I remember. Yeah. They're but yeah. Not good. So Adam's family hasn't been on the reboots, but as far as the original show goes, Munsters ruled. Um, the, I learned some interesting facts and research today. I'll share with you that um, we talk about age differences and things mm-hmm. with Fred Nethel, mm-hmm. Grandpa Al. Played by you know Al Lewis was only I think he was a year younger than Yvonne DiCarlo was who played Lily. That's crazy. Daughter. That's funny. <laughs> he, I I got a trivia fact about him for you. Okay. Uh, I think he talked about it on Howard Stern show or something like that. But the bar he hung out at, Charles Manson played guitar there. Oh yeah. Before all that stuff. And he, uh, he, he, Charles Manson was the babysitter for his kids because, because he just knew him from the bar. And so he would be like, yeah, come on over and watch the kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember, uh, Al Lewis owned like some restaurant that I went to in New York city. Oh really? In the eighties or nineties. I f- forget when it folded, but mm-hmm. yeah, he had like a Italian restaurant huh. and it was like gr- grandpa Al's or something like that. Anyway. Um, so I love this one because of the monster aesthetic. Like you said, it was goofy and silly. This one still holds up today. Mm. A lot of the episodes are just outlandish. And I love that it was, I guess it was kind of the same as, kind of the same vibe as, as Adam's family in that it was these creatures in modern, like it was mm. the fish out of water story right. because it, it took these people and put them in the present day. Mm. And so I really, really like fish out of water stories i love that stuff but um shout out to the dragula yeah Uh Um, that's a very famous episode (laughs) there were um two cars the the monster coach and the dragula um a lot of hot rod people love that stuff i think i watched some car restoration show on netflix where they were building a dragula and they're Mm -hmm. talking about uh this customizer called george barris like he's a big name in the auto custom field um, and he's the guy that built the Dragula and the Mon- the Munster coach, which cost $20,000 to build. And the Dragula used a real coffin. That's crazy. It took $20,000 to build that car, and they wouldn't do the color episodes because it was going to cost $10,000 <laughs> to do in color. Um, but I guess over the long term. It is also funny that that show was only on the air for two seasons because didn't they replace their niece? Yes. the I read about the, the first... Oh, Marilyn? Mm-hmm. Marilyn. Yeah, the first Marilyn, she only did like nine episodes and then she went to go get married and uh, they replaced her. But they looked, the actress, in this instance, the actresses looked so similar mm-hmm. that most people didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, but f- they say that the only reason it went two seasons because they got killed in the ratings by none other than Batman. Huh. Batman debuted on ABC and it yeah. just tanked them. Yeah, similar comedy. You know, and Batman is already an established character and everything like that. So I could I could see it. And being... it was in color. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. think that's what it was? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. It's the future. <laughs> well, um, I think that uh, this show was always in color. Oh, definitely. Uh, and it, it was uh, it's one that definitely holds a place in my heart and also had well, it had an OK reboot. So. Um, 
buckle up, boy, and grab your shoe, because it's time to talk to the man. <laughs> Who's the very best spy in TV land? We know who and why. Now, all we have to do is find out where and when. Get smart. Weeknights at 9, 8 central on Nick at Night. Well, that was a really short bumper. I know. I uh, there was a couple of them, but I was like, uh, I was like, well, I, I think this one's a short and sweet and gets right to it. So, um, so if you don't know what Get Smart is, Get Smart is a show that was an American comedy series uh, that parodied uh, the um, secret spy, secret agent stuff that was that was really popular at the time, uh, like James Bond, Mission Impossible. Mi- yeah, yeah, and so. Um, it was this bumbling idiot that had all these cool gadgets and a really uh, like a, an intelligent sidekick, right? Maxwell Smart. Right? Yes, Maxwell Smart. And I loved this show when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite shows. And I remember specifically being like, and I was probably fourth grade, um, and I was like. <laughs> talking to my mom and I was like do I sound I sound just like Maxwell Smart uh and uh she was like no I don't think so and I was like yeah um you know like uh miss it by that much and she was like no my mom's like <laughs> she is supportive she is like one of the most supportive people in my life but she was like no you don't say anything <laughs> like 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 Maxwell Smart. No, I was like, oh come on, would you believe? And she was like, nope, it doesn't say anything like him. I was like, okay, fine. So um and I think that subconsciously part of my love for the show was because I also loved Inspector Gadget. Yeah. And and you know Don Adams played played both characters, both similar types of characters, you know. Um I don't know that I made the connection that it was the same actor, Mm -hmm. but I remember watching Get Smart and liking it for almost the same reasons that I liked mm-hmm. Inspector Gadget mm-hmm. because of the wacky gadgets and the, you know, the good guy, bad guy stuff. And I, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty clever. And then only later did I realize that it was the same actor. Yeah. Um, did you know that this was a Mel Brooks thing? No, I didn't know that either until until doing the research. So was this like one of his first shows? I, I don't know if it was one of his first, but um the program is so it was made by Mel Brooks and Buck Henry um, and it came out on NBC September 18th 1965 and um, they uh, it was it's interesting because um, you know if you look at the, a lot of the comedy in it it makes sense that it was Mel Brooks uh, but it was the show was followed by uh, a couple movies there was one called uh, The Nude Bomb it was a 1980 theatrical film but Brooks and Henry were not a part of that. And so, um, you know, they're just trying, I guess, to, to carry on the cachet of, of the show itself. Uh, and then um, they did a made-for-TV uh, movie called Get Smart Again. I don't see Mel Brooks anywhere on here. Really? Yeah. Well, he's in it, baby. <laughs> okay. He, he was he was one of it. It was, it was created by Mel Brooks and Buck Henry. Look that up. <laughs> but, oh, you know what? Never mind. Oh, I clicked the wrong one. Oh, oh, I'm on the, the 1995 one? one. Yeah, so the 1995 one, <laughs> that was su- such an interesting concept because a lot of movies that move, well, I guess media in general that we grew up watching uh, as we were kids, they are all going through the same pro- like process that that TV show did. Uh-huh. So I feel like uh, I remembered when the Get Smart Again came out. It was 1989. Like I remembered watching that, and then the 90s, the 90s show. It was Max, Max and um, was it 99, right? 
It was 95. 95? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The a- agent that Max and oh. agent 99, I think. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm out of it, dude. <laughs> so, I'm over here in IMDb land. <laughs> um, but they, so the premise is they had a kid and that's who this new show is. And it was him. Max, Max and 99 became like the new people running the, the, whatever the pro, like the institution that they're a part of. Right. Yeah. Because they're secret agents. So, um, and then of course in 2008 you had the film with, uh, the rock starring the rock and, um, the guy from the office, the office he's coming up. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve Carell played, played Maxwell smart. So, uh, in 2010 TV guide ranked get smarts opening title sequence at number two on its list of TV's top 10 credits as selected by readers. That's cool. Yeah. It was a, it, you I know, remember TV guide. Yeah. <laughs> hey, t- 2010. That's not that long ago. It was only 11 years ago. So, uh, man, Get smart, I, so good. I looked it up. You're correct. I, okay. I didn't doubt you. I was just baffled. <laughs> I was like, why? Why can't I not find this anywhere? I wanted to see what. But yes, created by Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. Buck Henry. Yeah. So, and the the one of my favorite things about this show were all the catchphrases and stuff. Like, uh, you know, Max would be in a situation, he'd be talking to some villain, you know, bad guy, and he'd be like you know come out we've got you surrounded and the guy would be like no you don't it's just you and he'd be like all right would you believe i've got two pitchers and a girl scout he'd be like no <laughs> and just there that man had so many great catchphrases but i think about this show all the time because especially because it's talking to inspector gadget some pops came out the other day uh, inspector it? gadget yeah oh, and right. so uh, i was like oh man like uh, i feel like you know <laughs> matthew broderick ruined inspector gadget he, Matthew Broderick kills a lot of things, um, like Godzilla, Inspector Gadget, and I'll leave it there. So. <laughs> well, at least you got a little bit of options to watch. Um, h- how many seasons did this run for? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Enough. <laughs> I did not write that down. <laughs> but uh, let's see. If if we go, it started in 65, right? Uh-huh. And, yeah, I, I was going to try to do some wonky math, but the movie – didn't come out until 1980, so I doubt it was on the air. Five that. seasons. There you go. 1965 to 1970. So yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of syndication. I'm surprised we don't see that one more often. Making the big bucks. I think I think that comedy is a very or that type of comedy is a very like unique type of thing. Yeah. And so you have to have the taste. They for were big it. on the satire in the 60s mm-hmm. with the Batman. And I remember I've told everybody this story before, but I didn't realize Batman was satire. I just thought the 60s sucked. <laughs> So hey, how why would you think that watching Nick at Night? So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, watching this. If your boss is a jerk and you get home from work and you feel like a troglodyte, there's instant relief from this hardship and grief. Thank goodness for Nick at Night. N i c k a t n i t e n i c k a t Nick at Night for me. Better living through television. Hello out there. Oh, I should let that one play. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Nick at Night is still around, and it's contributed to a lot of memories for a lot of people. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, 30 years from now, someone will be having a show about their memories of Nick at Night, where, where they were watching Friends and The Office, <laughs> and Young Sheldon, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we certainly do appreciate all of that classic television. And I'm sure our parents did too, getting mm-hmm. to kind of connect with with their kids uh, with the shows they grew up with. Did you watch Nick at Night with your parents? 
as here and there. Oh, yeah. I watched it. I watched it by myself. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone was asleep. So anyway, well, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the show. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a bonus episode coming to our Patreon account. Um, so if you're a patron over there for as little as $3 and $5 a month, you can get a bonus show. Um, and it's found at patreon.com forward slash wayback attack. My name is Preston and you can hit me up on social at squared stiff. Brian, where can they find you in the show? You can find me at B E Grantham and you can find the show on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. Uh, and if you have ideas for future episodes, you want to drop us a line, let us know, Hey, I like that thing you talked about. And these are my memories. Uh, we love it when people send us emails. We read all the emails. We don't always talk about them all on the show, uh, but maybe we can start doing some email shows or something like that. And I like the ones where people email us and tell Brian <laughs> that he's wrong. Yeah, and I, I like the ones where people say, hey, I saw your website, and you can make a lot of money if you hire me to make your website for you. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, please reach out to us. Let us know uh, what you like and what you don't like, and then, uh, you know, We'll, uh, we'll we'll be back yeah. in uh, two weeks. So ke- check us out next uh, in two weeks on Tuesday at Twitch at ten. See you later.